This film was approved under the Motion Picture Code of Self-Regulation. And now... We're thinking in terms of a film. The question is... What are we trying to do with this movie? By George. That is a good question. Is everybody happy? Let's go. Welcome to Film Frown. Hi, I'm Chris. Like the Q entity in Star Trek the Universe, I pull regular folks out of their world and test them. Uh, that is, <laughs> I ask them to watch bad movies. Also representing the Q continuum is co-host and super dad. Hey, Paul. Hi. <laughs> I uh, Making people watch bad movies is certainly a, a Q-like test of their, uh, you know, moral fortitude. <laughs> uh yeah the wife is now watching uh tng like when she's working or whatever board. <laughs> so i walk in on it every now and then so um once again we are happy to be joined by one of the creators of the webcomic biasedcat.com armin is back hey what's up hello i am the subordinate and the manian of cues you cues <laughs> Doing pretty good. Uh, happy to be here again. Yes, and uh, you've enacted your revenge. We've made you watch Waterworld and Jim <laughs> Jim Cotta, and then you said, "Hey, for Halloween, let's watch Son of the Mask." Yes, I did. Well done. <laughs> Check. Yeah. Um, so that's the movie we watched for this episode. Um, it was on a list that I sent Armin for Halloween movies. And really the only Halloween-y type thing in the film was a party, a Halloween party in the film. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's interesting. This movie came out in 2005. Um, and wow, the budget on this movie. <laughs> It had uh, an $84 million budget and it shows like the production design, the art design, like it's very stylized. It looks like one of the Tim Burton like Batman movies. Um, (laughs) I can't confirm that any of those folks were on the film, although uh, the – Production designer, he was actually an art director for Star Wars, Raider of the Lost Ark, uh, Superman, an American Werewolf in London, Alien, and The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so that might have something to do with it. Um, I uh, I was surprised when doing a little bit of research about the movie simply that it wasn't a direct-to-video release, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought for sure that it was um, – that it was that kind of a thing where it's like, okay, the movie was the movie was fine. The first one, the first one was fine. We'll do some kind of a sequel, but it will go straight to TV or video or Netflix or something like that. Although this is a little early for Netflix, but all the same. Yeah. So, um, it's just really fascinating. Like the art or the production designer that I just mentioned, um, Obviously, he's got chops. You've got Bob Hoskins in this film, which is kind of a big name. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alan Cumming is also pretty – I mean, maybe back in 2005 he was, and I don't know. I think that's when he was kind of hot, though. Sure, um, yeah. So you've got some 
bigger names. The wife uh, is Trailer Howard. I believe that's how you pronounce her name yep. from yep. the old two guys and a girl TV show or other people uh, might know her. Yep. Monk. Yep. Um, and then comedian Stephen Wright, who is amazing when he's Stephen Wright. Um, <laughs> uh, so this movie, $84 million budget. And it's not even the top 100 for the year of 2005 uh, because it only grossed um, $17 million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you add the foreign market, you get $57 million, but you're still nowhere close to the budget. And the other research that I pulled up from Son of the Mask is, of course, one of my favorite things to find out is this film was nominated for a bunch of Razzie Awards, um, worst picture, of course, and it amazingly lost. <laughs> <laughs> so I just told you that Son of the Mask made $17 million in the year 2005. The worst picture that won a Razzie in 2005 was a movie called Dirty Love, written by and starring Jenny McCarthy, which only grossed $36,000. <laughs> uh, like as soon as i read that i was like wow i think wow that's, that's just over my tuition <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking Very like early. we we probably should watch that and then I, when, when i got done watching son of the mask i was like no we should probably not watch we should probably movie. not watch that <laughs> if they couldn't do as well <laughs> uh after I told you all of these uh, interesting stars and um, some of the people behind the film, then there's a kind of glaring uh, thing that I noticed is the writer of this film also wrote for the ill-fated Chevy Chase show that only lasted 14 episodes. <laughs> uh, Maybe wait, which show was that? Uh, Chevy Chase had like a late night talk show on Fox and it only lasted like 14 episodes. And it was called the Chevy Chase show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting. Um, I thought I should bring that up since we were watching a bad movie and that person wrote this. <laughs> there was also, I seem to recall a, uh, Saturday morning cartoon version of the mask. Do yes, there was. Remember I remember this? renting that actually from Roger's video. I had seen the mask, and keep in mind, like I was a kid, sure. when I saw the mask. Yeah. So I, you know, I it wasn't like there was a lot of the humor, like the sexual humor or whatever that got past me. But I still like loved Jim Carrey. So I got that show, and I remember just watching a cartoon. I was like, this definitely doesn't have the same impact, <laughs> but yeah. it was like well animated. Sure. It was decent, and it, you know, it. It, it it tried to do its job of like replicating the movie, but I, I guess we'll discuss this later on. That's sort of all you get from the son of the mask. You just feel like it's trying to replicate something, but the spark is gone, unfortunately. Well Indeed. done. Yes. Indeed. Um, yeah. So the other interesting thing, like it's been a long time since I've seen the mask and I'm never been like a hundred percent Jim Carrey fan. Sorry, Armin. Um, <laughs> but uh, but so it's been so long since I've seen it. But then I did find out that 
there is one person who has been in both movies and the cartoon, and he starts the movie out. <laughs> it's uh, Ben Stein, the Bueller, Bueller teacher guy. Oh, right. Oh, man, that's... Jeez, I didn't... Yeah, Ben's... <laughs> I, I don't know, like, that completely went over my head, but, I, you know, his humor was there, but... With the CGI, I didn't know what to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll just uh, jump right in. the The movie starts with Ben Stein doing his Ben Stein thing. I think uh, yeah. I can't I can't do a monotone impression because I already sound monotone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is your Ben Stein impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. it all the time. <laughs> um. So he's a museum like tour guide and uh he's talking about uh, a really great uh past community that has uh musical instruments but no weapons or tools and that's why they died out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he makes a joke. He makes a joke that their entire language is a rhyming language which sounds impressive but they only had one vowel in their language. So <laughs> Um, so the humor ends there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that is thanks the rest for listening to our review of yeah. Shadow of the Mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so then he goes to the Norse mythology uh, section of the museum, and we learn about Loki's mask. And Loki isn't particularly fascinated with the Benstein's take on the matter um, of his imprisonment because he just happens to be in the crowd. Hey, my mom's in the chat room. She's like, oh, no, I'm late. But we were late, too. We just ha. started. Hi, Mom. So, uh, so yeah, so Loki's in the crowd of this museum tour, and he's not happy about hearing about his supposed imprisonment. Mm-hmm. And He kind of uh, freaks everybody out by going all, uh, going all mask character-y. Yeah, he goes. That's a little a, Tas- Tasmanian devil uh, zipping around and and doing the all the CGI that I'm sure the budget is paying for on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting just because like um, uh, recently, just in my feed somewhere uh, online, I saw that some uh, female teacher, and of course, like all of you that are listening. Um, I just read the headlines. I don't actually read the articles. Uh, but apparently, <laughs> are. So apparently some teacher dressed in blackface uh, for like Halloween or something. And people were like, oh, my gosh, like we don't we don't do that. You don't do that. And right. After right. seeing the son of the mask, I think we should never dress in green face either. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, yeah, uh Loki, um, played by Alan Cumming, uh, which is interesting. I'd like to see a Loki uh, battle between him and the person who plays it in Marvel. Is What's his name? Tom Hiddleston or something? Oh, yeah. yes, Yeah. They look similar. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give them that. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know whose performance is more believable. Yeah, one of them is like flirtatiously menacing and the other yes. one is just zany. <laughs> right. Um so 
yeah, I think Loki in film should be somewhere in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Loki takes the mask out of its display case and he's kind of upset because it says made in Taiwan on it and it's a fake. (laughs) But it's a good fake. (laughs) As Ben Stein says. Yeah. And Loki doesn't like that joke like the rest of us did. And uh, so he removes the face from Ben Stein and puts it in the display case. Um, yeah. And appa- apparently at the end of the first movie, like I didn't realize this until I read a review or something, but uh, back in 1994, uh, Jim Carrey threw the mask in a river. Yes. Uh, so – that was in Edge City, and now we're in a town called Fringe City. You get it? It's clever like that. It's yep. the fringe of the edge. You see? Yep. Yep. That's what the budget is paying for, just clever <laughs> clever jokes like that. <laughs> right, yeah. clever callbacks to the first yes. movie. So speaking of callbacks, here's Otis the dog, who is a callback to the dog in the first movie, whose name was Milo. Get it? Milo and Otis from the yeah. movie series. Um yeah, so Otis the dog finds the mask in the river and brings it home to Tim Avery, who's played by Jamie Kennedy. Now, see, what would have been a better uh, callback to the original movie is instead of having Jamie Kennedy play this, they should have had Drew Carey. Then it could have been Jim Carrey <laughs> to Drew Carey. And I think he'd have done a better job. But do go on, please. <laughs> so... Around our first again, year. probably a better use of the budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Tim Avery, as that's his character's name, is like a callback to the famous uh, cartoonist Tex Avery, which they're going to mimic the <laughs> out of in this film. <laughs> Marker time. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, speaking of Jamie Kennedy, I wanted to add. Uh, around our first ever Montreal Sauce podcast that Paul and I did, first or second one, I'm thinking, I reviewed a documentary that I watched that uh, Jamie Kennedy was a part of and produced. Mm-hmm. And it was called Heckler. And it was his little journey, uh, documentary journey of trying to figure out, you know, why people heckle and what it does to people. And he basically got involved in that project because of all the awful reviews he got for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm finding out from my research is that he was so like incredible, so hurt and destroyed from the reviews from this movie that he actually made that heckler film. (laughs) That's like a way for him to cope I mean, like, I, coping I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how he could have been that surprised. Like, the, so, I guess sort of like you kind of go to a project knowing that it's going to be, you know, it, uh, I mean, it's better or worse. It's one of those hindsight is 2020 kind of things, but it is kind of like you're stepping into the role that Jim, is, the, Jim, the yeah. headlining role that Jim Carrey played last. And, like, whether you like Jim Carrey or not, he brings a certain level of energy to basically any any production that he's a part of. And it's going to be pretty tough for 
almost any other actor to to fill in that. Yeah, to fill yeah, that in. But it's also because of the type of movie that it is, because it's a mm-hmm. The Mask movie, it's hard to take it in a completely different direction, right? Yeah. That's what like a uh uh, a great actor stepping into this role might say, well, what if because I'm not that Jim Carrey character, what if the mask and I have a totally different kind of thing? And that's just not like that's not what this movie is set up to be. So and he probably maybe he might have had those thoughts, but he wouldn't have had any like say on the script or anything. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's right. like, you know, that scene from uh, The Lion King where Mufasa had made this like huge imprint of his paw. And Simba just puts that in there, and he's like, "Oh well, I'm kind of you know, <laughs> right. nothing." I yeah. like I. That's how I would have probably felt, especially as a comedian. I think, yeah, at the time because Jim Carrey must have been huge. Yeah. I mean, I I, yeah. I call myself a '90s child, but really, I was a baby in the '90s. But even <laughs> even as a baby, I realized how big Jim Carrey was. So I don't know. I it's well, hard to follow up on a good comedian. Yeah, and my take is um, first I should mention like I read an interview about this movie and Kennedy basically um, he was coming off of uh, I think he had a TV show called the Jamie Kennedy Experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he also did this movie. Was it uh, Malibu's Most Wanted? And he was kind of like those did really well. Mm-hmm. And so the interview I read with them. Uh, said, you know, those two projects were so good. And then he did this and everyone hated him. And he was like, <laughs> the difference was, is I had creative control in both of those other projects. Right. And so the lesson I took away from this is that I need to have creative control or it's not going to work for me. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. That's a pretty good lesson to learn. <laughs> that I is mean, a good lesson. Very few people, I think, in acting and just any kind of entertainment actually take and, that on themselves. So, and I don't want to defend him because because uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure uh, about his performances. Uh, but um, but I will say that his character, like this movie, the first movie is about Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. and this movie is about the baby and the dog, and. <laughs> Well, it's about a lot of things. I mean, it's about Loki. It's about the dog. Yeah. It's about. It like, does yeah. seem like it's it's uh, it's suffering from too many too many plot lines at in in parts. Yeah, I feel like Kennedy's um, role in this film is like a lot of female roles, and not to say I approve of that, but so many times, like. Um, we always hear that Hollywood leading ladies want better roles because they're always like the wife of the action hero sure. or, yeah. or this kind of thing. And I just feel like he's like the dad to the baby that gets to do all the crazy stuff. Yeah, so, he's kind yeah, of the yeah, – um, uh, I almost feel like he's like a – he's either a deadbeat dad or he's like a I'm trying too hard kind of dad and I'm not really seeing what – I'm not really seeing what my life is supposed to be about. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, Kennedy in the movie, he's a wannabe cartoonist and I might get this a little bit out of order, but (laughs) this movie is, uh, kind of out of order to begin with. Yeah. So he's an out of order. He's a wannabe. 
wannabe cartoonist who works for Anne Imagine, um, and his wife uh, wants a baby, and he's really not cool with that. Uh, like all young people, he's sort of struggling with the idea of becoming a parent before he's established his career and he's more successful and stable. And um, I think you learn as you get older, you're never so stable. (laughs) (laughs) There's always something else on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, Whether it's a new water heater for your house or (laughs) (laughs) roof. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're never going to be stable. But... uh, so at work, it turns out that he's not actually cartooning anything, but he's like sort of a tour guide himself as a mascot of Torpedo Turtle, one of the cartoons at the Anna Imagine studio. <laughs> um, and his boss, as I alluded to earlier, is comedian Stephen Wright. Um, and his buddy, I didn't really recognize it uh, right away, but is Kumar, actor yep. Cal Penn from Harold and Kumar yep. or... If you watch a lot of TV, that show House. House, yeah. Yeah. House. Um, So he's getting pressured to have a child. And meanwhile, on the beach, Loki's getting a tan. And Odin's face comes out of the sky (laughs) and yells at Loki because he's supposed to be finding the mask, not tanning. Um, I, I like how this version of Odin is just angry and yells. He has no volume setting whatsoever. He's just always mad. And I like too, like, uh, like before his like head becomes the entire sky and starts yelling at, uh, Loki, they show him sitting in his throne, like on this rock, like in space. And it like, it totally reminded me (laughs) of the show that we just posted on the site. Um, Dr. Strange, that uh, movie that we watched, that was like the, phantom zone or whatever where he was <laughs> yeah. with Morgan Le Fay. It looked very similar. I was yeah. like, wow, crazy. They dug that set out of the garbage. That's right. Um, so Otis has this like totally rad bedroom complete with like dog bone wallpaper and a bunk bed and a hockey net. And uh, just the, just this whole house in general is very interesting, uh, like art direction. Cause it looks like maybe, uh, it fell off the truck after they tore down all the sets from toys. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just kind of insanely colorful yeah, for, I, and I suppose I could imagine that like an animator would live there, but I would imagine that a successful animator would live there. Yeah. It's a bit much. I agree. I I do like throughout the movie, and I mean obviously this has to do with the fact that you know they've got a big budget and they presumably have people who worked on the first one working on this one too. Uh, they try to keep a consistency in the cart and like the cartoon nature of the film. So um, I think this is a, an example of where they kind of go overboard. Uh, the, like it's it's great and all that they have like sound effects and just like the music being all bouncy and yeah, um, yeah. you know characters just sort of even when they're like not the mask like just acting like cartoons but what all that does is it dilutes the humor I think from any time somebody actually adopts the mask because the funniest thing about the first mask was like the world around Jim Carrey was more or less normal. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. I don't actually remember that film that well. The now, first but I, one, I think, yeah. The first one I feel like is is a little bit more of like a bizarre. Uh, <laughs> this accidentally rhymes. Bizarre noir. Like yes. it's uh it's very it has a very film noir aesthetic and then mm-hmm. Jim Carrey just kind of Goes uh, crazy. explodes on the screen yes. because everything else around him is so uh, muted and dark mm. and a little bit drab. And this movie the only scene that I saw which we'll talk about in a little bit. The only scene in the movie that I saw that really has that same aesthetic is the halloween party which is coming up um and the rest of it feels like it's very flat soap opera e sort of shot on video type of feel right yeah i have my own uh opinions on that too and i have them in my notes here i could rattle them off but uh i'll wait until i get there but uh Um, so yeah, Otis has this crazy bedroom and he has the mask in there. So he shows it to Kennedy. Um, and, uh, he's like, well, this is junk. You know, we told you if you're going to steal things, you should steal things that are, you know, worth something. (laughs) Um, but anyway, long story short, uh, there's that Halloween party that, uh, Paul just mentioned, um, and he was going to go as like a werewolf victim, I guess. But Otis chewed up his mask. So his wife's like, why don't you wear that thing? Ta-da. Um, so, yeah, you know how this works. He becomes uh, a mask when he puts it on and he's a party animal like Spuds McKenzie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in the car, he puts the mask on. Lots of crazy animation and uh then he leaves his car to enter and there's this little bit with the guard at the party, um, yep. which was already tedious. Yeah. I thought. Yes. Like the jokes that he's, uh, I don't know. And I also felt like the, um, because they were trying to do so much of it with CG, like the way that his mask worked, uh, it felt less realistic than the first movie. Whereas the first movie, the mask uh, was done, I think, a lot more with, um, you know, makeup and fake teeth and yeah, and yeah, stuff like that. And this one, like, it just does not. Maybe some well. of it is that, uh, you know, we're watching this in 2015. It's not 2005 anymore, but it does not feel like it's even Phantom Menace level of CG. The thing is, Jim Carrey just has a... Uh like a really funny face like yeah. I, I don't know if that yeah. makes it, like he most of that most of that like the, the like the brilliance of like his uh loki persona or whatever was actually really just done by him and he had i don't know like yes some yep. like head cap on probably and yeah like green face paint but like yep. he did all those expressions and like, a lot of it would have been ad-libbed and all that stuff yeah, yeah, like occasionally you had like his jaw dropping or whatever, which is like CG or right. you know his eyes popping out. He yeah. sees you know someone's boobs or whatever. But the <laughs> like, I I I don't know. I honestly don't know how good um, uh, what's his name Kennedy is as a comedian. I don't I haven't watched any of his stuff, but I didn't feel like his his own being was coming to life there. I just felt no, like right. he was kind of imitating 
Jim Carrey maybe or not even bringing anything to that character because yeah I don't even know if it's like his voice when he's like the mask right like that's it's really strange um but yeah see my take on it I'll just uh skip ahead in my notes here because uh see my thing with the effects is I don't I'm, I think I'm giving them a benefit of doubt because it's 2005. It's not sure. bad. Yeah, they follow the rule that that we still use today, which is like if you're going to do a lot of CG, make it completely dark so that no one notices. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but I think what my problem is is, like Armin said, this film is trying to be a cartoon. And so a lot of the stuff that's going to happen is copying cartoons, basically, like Wiley Coyote and mm-hmm. uh, yep. the Tasmanian Devil spinning around and the ludicrousness of it. And what I came up with uh, after I watched it was I think that's the problem is that when we use CG, I think we're always excited to see like what – those artists can do yes and very true point yeah and so we're we're always amazed by what they can do and what they're doing here is mimicking something that we've already done it's right what i like in it too is uh many many years ago um i worked at a store in the mall when i was younger that sold cds and tapes and um, I remember the classical section, there would always be like every year, like a new Beatles CD that was performed by an orchestra. Right. And sure. Yeah. So to me, that always seemed kind of weird because um, it's the same notes that the Beatles right. did. Like sure. whoever... <laughs> Whoever arranged it, whoever arranged it had like an interesting challenge to decide what instruments are going to do what. But as a listener, what you're getting is the same thing. Yeah. Virtually. So it's not interesting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like it's own. They have their own chance. Like I think with any good cover, the best ones are are um, where that new that musician puts his or her own twist to it. Like and it's like if you don't like it, well then you just you prefer the original one. But like if Johnny Cash were doing a cover of "Heard Exactly the Same" and Trent Reznor, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have had the same impact. So mm-hmm. exactly. that's exactly right. Even like the CGI here, it, 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 instead of feeling like it's adding to the experience, it's sort of like trying to hold it all together. Um, exactly. And not being yeah even, even for 2005. I mean, like I was, I didn't really mind that the the graphics weren't good. I was just waiting for the CG to make me laugh and it didn't do that. (laughs) So, yeah. 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 So, so at the party, um, green faced Kennedy, uh, sees, um, Kumar's office love, which is really interesting because like we learn that he has a crush on this girl that works at their office and she's, at the party wearing like cat ears and a very slinky dress. And mm-hmm. so Kennedy like wraps her up like a money mummy. And then uh, it's like, well, that's not going to work and pulls her out of it. And she's like in a shiny red bikini or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Or yeah. like she ends up in even skimpier clothing. Sure. Yeah. 
and she falls into Kumar's arms. <laughs> um, As you do. Yeah, it was very sweet. And the party, which looks like no party that you've ever been to, trust me. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. boring. So the mask steals the mic from, I think his name was Chad, which I think they were trying to build some animosity between the two and it just never works. But uh, Chad's doing a karaoke version of, uh, uh, what was that song? Um, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so the mask jumps in and makes like a hip hop remix and then like turns it into country and Neil Diamond. <laughs> uh and yeah, exactly. It just sort of this falls part. Flat. This part uh, <laughs> kind of works for me. Like at least I'm buying into what they're trying to do. Um, he's trying to liven up this party, and it right. and it is uh, clearly working on the on uh, for the people that are at the party. Sure. Um, some of the parodies of the music are not as good as they could be. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not for, it's not for lack of them trying. It's really just issues with execution, I think. Um, but, it, but at yeah, least it attempts, kind of re like, this, this scene kind of reengaged me with the movie. Uh, but I was rapidly disengaged again, a slightly later. Uh. <laughs> His, his, uh, I took Bungie on the front cover of the DVD, was engaged at the Halloween bit, but then rapidly disengaged after. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> yeah. Um, so his performance at the party gives uh, Kennedy's boss like an idea. He's like, well, we need this guy for a cartoon. Right. Um, but first, Kennedy has to go home. Uh, as the mask and he has to give it to his wife um mm -hmm. <laughs> so i mean this is the cartoony level of this film like he opens the door and he's in like a leave it to beaver dad kind of sweater and he's like honey i'm home yeah. uh and yeah. when he opens the door and does that he like zooms in right it's just like all yeah. one big blur yeah um and so yeah he He's like a shadow, and she's like, "Is that you?" Which I hope, like, he's the only guy coming in their house. <laughs> yeah, but, I, yeah, that was a little creepy, but and she uh, just wants a baby so bad. Yeah, she's like, she oh, doesn't. She she doesn't care at this point. Oh my god! I it's suppose. true. It's true. Like her lines are like some of the funniest in the film, and I glazed over them. But as soon as she like sees her friends with a baby and. He's like, oh, I, I don't know, I don't know. On the way home, she's like, fine, I don't want to talk to you. And so then he plays in Otis's room, and that's when he finds out the or finds the mask. And she like walks in, and she's like, do you need anything? I'm gonna go, um, go make a baby with the neighbors. And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so. Uh, this is a rated PG film, which is uh, so we cut to from the him jumping into bed to a sperm animation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Hulk With sperm. The Hulk sperm. Yes, green <laughs> exactly. sperm. Yeah, like a, a slightly like more PG version than what happened in Hancock, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like 
I don't know, maybe the maybe the producers had watched uh, Mating Habits of the Earthbound Human or something like that, and were like, <laughs> hey, sperm jokes are funny. We can do a sperm joke, right? Right. Uh, man. That's unfortunate. Yeah. It's strange because, I I mean, it's being cartoon. I Like, the other mask, that was rated PG-2. Or was it PG-13? or what? It's probably PG-13, I think. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would think 13. This one, it, it sort of confuses me again because I don't know which audience it's really intended for. Like, some of the jokes at the beginning, like at that museum, I, I couldn't imagine that they would have, you know, caused applause, like, in the movie theater. But, like, then you have, like, the whole, like, wanting to make a baby thing and like sperm jokes coming in so like i don't know like who that audience is are they are they the ones who were like a huge fan of jim carrey and like that kind of humor or is it like kids like if this is if this movie was rated um like pg i think i would have probably seen like on the on the upper end of pg i probably they probably would have wanted to focus more in on the mature themes but it just kind of goes all over the place i think yeah, the uh, the original was rated PG thirteen, but this oh, one see. is rated PG. Oh, yeah, hmm. yeah. It's it's really weird. Like I think you know, it's always one of those like we we want to like get the biggest audience we can, and we can't do that if it's rated NC seventeen. But but yeah, it is all over the place. This film. Um. So what he uh, basically conceives. And then, yeah. So yeah. afterwards, like after this, like uh, some point uh, during the hanky and the panky, um, <laughs> he has the mask in his hand as he's laying in bed, and Otis grabs it and buries it in the yard. And then again, I might get the order a little mixed up, but uh, Kennedy goes to work, and his boss was like, "That thing at the party was great. Let's promote you so you can." Uh, work on that character into a cartoon or something. And he goes home to tell his wife the good news. And she's got news too. She's prego. Uh Ta-da. And then we get this crazy montage where, uh, it's Kennedy, like looking for the mask, uh, because he needs the inspiration for his cartoon and the pregnancy. And there's like an ultrasound where, it looks fine, and then when no one's looking except for Kennedy, like the baby's got maracas, and yeah, he's like, Ch-ch-ch-ch. yeah. Um, and uh, I think at some point, like even in this montage, we get to see the baby grow up a little bit too after he's born. So you get like quite a lot of time passes. Yes. So like she, which I, I was like, when I went to write it in my notes, cause I was like, Oh, I forgot about that part. Cause I only watched this movie once. Um, and, uh, when I went to put it in my notes, I was like, Oh yeah, he's like in the crib and she's like showing him a balloon. And so she doesn't see that he like blows up his head like a balloon. So obviously he's got Loki like powers. Thanks to the Hulk sperm. <laughs> um, and then I was, when I typed that out, I was like, why is she showing a baby a balloon? That's dangerous. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, and Otis in this montage is hella pissed because his room gets taken over by yep. a baby and he yep. gets a doghouse in the backyard. 
there's a lot of different motivations and uh, feelings of different characters involved in this film. I mean, like the dog, I think you could have built an entire movie around yep. him. Yeah. <laughs> um, the baby then, yeah, like at this point on, yeah, the baby starts taking over the spotlight, I guess. Yeah. And meanwhile, like, I don't know if it's during the montage or slightly after, uh, Loki's still looking for the mask and he's in a shop and the shopkeeper like says, you know, it's, this is, he's like, this is a fake. And he's like, well, it's not a fake. It's a real mask from Pakistan. Um, and then he was about to punish the shopkeeper for saying that. And, uh, Odin possesses him and says, you know, look, I, felt like a disturbance in the force and uh, there's been a, <laughs> a child born of the mask and uh, he's he's like well I'm looking for it can't you tell or whatever and he's like look find the child and you find the mask you nitwit and so uh, <laughs> so now we have this whole thing that goes on throughout some of the movie where Loki is in these Alan Cumming is in these awesome disguises yeah. And he goes to the houses of the, all the babies that were born on this day. Yeah. And uh, they're they're quite interesting and cartoony. I think that's the other issue um, maybe that we all are having with this film is we haven't established, like, what this universe is like, you know, like mm-hmm. – it just seems like they like certain things, so they throw them in there or it reminds them of cartoons. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Loki's like dressed up as like a milkman or a door to door salesman. And you're like, so what time period is this? And the neighbor's car is like from the 40s and like Loki's car is from the 80s or 70s. So, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're doing their best to stylize it, but they haven't quite established like what it is you know yeah it's just, yeah yeah but again like the budget really shows like when he goes to this house as a pretend vacuum cleaner salesman right like yeah yeah that's part of the cleaner. cgi vacuum cleaner yeah it's a beautiful <laughs> thing this thing and uh, uh. <laughs> yeah but um so he's off looking for the child now and uh kennedy's wife's like oh hey i gotta go on a business trip so uh you have to watch baby Alvy um, at home. And so good luck. <laughs> I'm yeah. off. If you need help, talk to the neighbor because she's had plenty of kids. Um, and he's like, what? So he's got to stay home and take care of the child right. and work on his cartoon pitch. And initiate bonding. Yeah. 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 This, uh, so this is the point at which I, uh, I stopped. <laughs> the movie um and i did not i did not resume it i meant to try to resume it and and just couldn't bring myself to do that to lower your uh, your dignity that much because it was just uh i don't even know i don't even know where to begin with it it's just such terrible um If you're if you actually are a parent at some point in your life, you will become deathly emotionally allergic to the sound of babies crying. Sure. And this this sequence is basically nothing but Alvy crying and him trying to make it better and 
it gets better for a second or two, and then he starts crying again. Oops, something goofy, yeah. And that just keeps going and going and going. Like, I, okay, I get it. He's not a particularly great dad, and he's not great at taking care of his kid. Um, but the but let's not forget, this kid is like the incarnation of Loki, in a yes. sense. Yes. So he he should also be like, let's take a step back here. I think I'm trying pretty hard. <laughs> right. 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 He, he is he he does he does occasionally try. Yeah. Um but at the same time we don't I don't see enough like the 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 child should be more of a cartoony character faster, I guess. Um Oh, I see. Okay. Because he's not all he's doing in the parts that I that I could even get through is just being a kid and and screaming um, and he can't be pleased. And then like if he if he had turned into a Hellraiser and Jamie can't uh, can't like keep him and not just that he can't keep him happy as as dad, but he literally like uh, is just chasing him around and it becomes uh right you know, Jack attack from the Incredibles, <laughs> that would have at least been more entertaining. And you would have been like, okay, he's not a child. He's like a demon spawn. He is demon. Yeah. Um, but they didn't get oh, to that fast enough for me, I guess. And oh, so I had, okay. I had to tune out cause I was like, oh my God, I do not need to see parental failure and screaming child. Right. I just can't keep, can't keep going. Wait. So if that's the case, then the question, um, you ask at the end of the uh, at the end of the podcast. Maybe we should ask Paul at this point. <laughs> what What did you think of the movie? <laughs> I don't recommend it. Recommend? I don't recommend it for anybody. <laughs> it's not so bad. It's good. It's just bad. <laughs> that's my. That's my. But feeling. I mean, like, yeah. I guess like you have you have all these like feelings throughout the movie, and like this scene, but like. This parental failure part was it, right, for you? Because yeah, yeah. Where, where else would you have considered leaving? Like, I, <laughs> where else would have been your exit point if you, if you right up until it, up until this point, um, <laughs> I I was willing to entertain the idea that it could become good still. So, um, and then it ju- and then it just did not pan out. Like I was hoping for, if anything, I was hoping hoping for more actual Loki scenes because they were at le- he was so over the top. It was at least entertaining to see what was happening. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, I'm just. <laughs> and I also wanted to see more Odin and Loki interactions, right. if only because yeah. I want to uh, reimagine all of those with Tom Hiddleston. And uh, yeah. and uh, what's his name? Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you if you were if you had the option of um, you know going back in time, rewriting the script after this point, like how would you have imagined it <laughs> to pan out so you would have continued watching? Oh, uh, so I guess theorize how the movie actually ends. Yeah, before, before we end it, I, before we continue. Before we continue, yeah, yeah. and I haven't, I haven't uh, read the rest of Chris's notes either, so I don't know how it actually ends. Oh, I see. Um, okay. uh, let's see. My guess is, um, well, if I if I was gonna rewrite it, um, 
the 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 kid would probably be more demon spawny so that i i don't feel any attachment to him in any way first of all um and he'd start going bonkers like the minute mom left he would start going bonkers um and it would just be a comedy of errors of jamie kennedy trying to uh trying to keep up with him and um the entire plot about him trying to do better at his job would be gone. Um, I don't think I would even include that because it's unnecessary. Um, and then, uh, Loki would show up and, uh, the kid would not want to go with Loki for some reason. And so then it would turn into, uh, a battle between, uh, Loki and, uh, and the child and Jamie Kennedy's character would just be caught in the middle trying to, like, sure. get out of this in some way. Uh-huh. Uh, and then eventually uh, Thor would have to bring the hammer down. Um, and that would be it. Thor. Have you considered being a film doctor? <laughs> Does that sound like it would have been a better movie? Yeah. I'm not, think, I'm not I, sure it would have saved yeah. it, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it sounds like it would um, definitely complicate things less, like focusing in on only a few plot lines as opposed to, yeah, you're right, the whole cartoon thing kind of, um, and I mean, like, it, the whole thing is trying to be a cartoon, and then it's like, this guy's a cartoonist, it just sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah it's better, a lot of repetition. Anyway, I guess we, we I think we stole from Chris's Thunder, <laughs> so maybe, sorry, <laughs> continue this. No worries. My my, uh, my next uh, bit in my notes after uh, his wife leaves was uh, Paul. Is this a good, a good example of parenting? So it's kind of funny that you jumped in and <laughs> said <laughs> yes. I couldn't finish this because this is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it it uh, it just instinctively felt terrible, and I couldn't I couldn't keep watching it. Yeah, it's interesting because. Uh, you had you had tweeted like, oh, I don't know if I can finish this or something to that point, and uh, and I was like, at that very point, I was like, read looking at the notes, and I was like, wait a second. So I mean, we're gonna get to it here in a bit, but uh, when the father and son bond, I'm like, really, that wasn't any reason to bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't convincing to me, but... Uh, so what uh, you're saying is if I had stuck with it for probably like 30, 30 seconds to maybe five minutes more, uh, there would nope. have been some kind of event? Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. nope. It's nope. way later. Oh, okay. Uh, great. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. Awesome. So, but, I mean, it is an interesting <laughs> example of modern day parenting because after he's having all this trouble with Alvi... Um, he puts him in front of the TV and says, don't tell your mom. And so this is where more big budget money comes in because Alvy gets plopped in front of the TV to watch a bunch of Warner Brother classics um, like Bug Bunny, Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner. And, yes, of uh, course. Yep. All these things that uh, we watched when we grew up. Were, were those like on reruns and stuff when you were growing up, Armin? Uh, I... Actually, I think so, but it, you know, I, I think it's just like they had to do that because they couldn't have like SpongeBob show up, you know what I mean, uh, or like Mark yeah. Rats. Yeah. So uh, 
yeah, it, it did feel a little bit, just a little bit out of out of place, but not it wasn't that you know. Yeah, clearly, I did watch Bugs Bunny, so clearly they're they're showing him. Um, you, you know, it's it's a writer's conceit of like yes. these are the things that I was raised on. Yes, of course. Sure, sure, and they're gonna mimic them like crazy. But I just, I was just curious because I mean, they were classics. They're like you know, 30 years old or 40 years old when I watched them as a kid. Yeah. So yeah, I just, Same I just wondered me. if, yeah. if they were holding up, you know, like if they were still on, on those, I mean, because especially today, like, I feel like a lot of the cartoon watching I did as a child was because we were still at that point, even like in the eighties where they were like, uh, yeah, be, pretty much don't have any programming for a Sunday because nobody's sitting <laughs> home watching TV. So yeah. let's just throw out these old reruns. And now, you know, we have channels about golf and cooking. So uh, I do remember like this must have been around 2003. Like I do remember watching like the classics and whatnot on Teletoon. But I think that might have been like late in the night or I don't know. It's at some point like in the day. Yeah, I I, I I think I think this part was realistic enough, but probably by accident. I think, <laughs> I, think it, I, I think like Teletoon must have been like the only network I think I can think of that actually, you know, went back to the classics and occasionally showed them. But hmm. you know, there's always new stuff coming out. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah I I can remember watching. Uh... There would be a half an hour of Looney Tunes on on sun, on Saturday morning still, right? Uh, and there would be Looney Tunes uh, often on uh, Nickelodeon when I was a kid. Oh, right, fairly yeah. frequently. Yeah, and so Alvy, he's watching Michigan J Frog. Hey, Michigan, uh, do his little <laughs> dance, and uh, he decides to show his dad what he's learned from the cartoon. So Alvy does a little dance and. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, as uh, Kennedy's freaking out because his son is singing and dancing, uh, Otis has been feeling really left out because of this whole baby thing. So he digs up the mask and he basically wily coyotes the situation to get the baby out of the picture with uh, blueprints and everything. <laughs> and uh, this is like a huge section where like he has this huge plan of how to like destroy the baby and there's all these props and lots of crazy effects going on and yeah yeah it's this was like really hard for me to like watch um thankfully i was cooking dinner at the time (laughs) (laughs) so not even really watching it but (laughs) yeah i felt bad but then i was like so when I went back and did some of these notes and watched certain scenes, I was like surprised to find some other things. But uh, yeah, um, and then throughout this part of the movie, Loki's still going through his list of babies, um, and I did enjoy those parts because I really <laughs> do love Alan Cummings; he's very talented. Uh, but uh, Kennedy's now like he's like this is crazy, so um, he's uh, trying to show the neighbor. Uh, you know, like what Alvy can do because it's not right. And uh, of course, Alvy won't do anything. So uh, he goes back home and uh, then Loki shows up. And so he he pretends to be, I don't know, like a exterminator or a plumber or something. 
Oh no, yeah. he's delivered a package, and then oh package, yeah, yeah, that's right. The package is just a crate with a big uh, fist on a spring in it, so that punches uh, Kennedy out, and then he goes to check out Alvy, but Alvy behaves again. So Loki gets back into his uh, Mustang with the custom license plate L O W K E Y. Um, <laughs> oh, clever, clever, clever. Yeah, and uh, he's getting ready to leave, and then Tim is like, or Kennedy, Tim, whatever. He's like crazy, like this is crazy. So he grabs Alvy, puts him in his car seat, and says, "We're going to take you to a doctor, or an exorcist, or something." And so that cues Alvy to then spin his head around all the way and puke like in The Exorcist. Um, and Loki just happens to see that in his rearview mirror as he's fixing his hair. And so he follows them as they drive into the city. Uh, he traps them in an alley. But before Loki can like hit uh, Kennedy, the baby, with all these like big cartoon guns that he whips out, Alvy simply makes a shield. Um and so then after he does that, uh, Loki's like, aha, I've got you. Um, and then Odin uh, possesses Jamie Kennedy. And he's like, look, Loki, like all you're doing is causing destruction. You haven't found the mask. You haven't done anything yet. So I'm stripping you of your power. Uh, and so then Kennedy comes back because he's no longer possessed and uh, he gets a call from his buddy at work, Kumar, and he's like, it's time to do your pitch. Where are you? I'll pick you up. And so, of course, he fails in his pitch because he's in a daze and he's still got uh -huh. baby Alvy with him and he gets fired. Uh -oh. <clears throat> no. But no worries, though, because now he's finally bonded with Alvy. Uh, and this was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, so I guess like the reasoning behind it is uh, he now thinks like Alvy's okay, even though he can do all these crazy things because he saved his life. Um, so he mm. must, he must like the baby must like me, which I feel like that's part of the problem is there's no point where we think, oh, the baby doesn't like him. I mean, maybe because he's crying more than he did with his mom, but sure, like, yeah. like Paul is already offended and frustrated with is like, Jamie Kennedy has never been an involved dad yet. He's like, I don't want to have a kid. Let's not have a kid. Oh, my God, you're pregnant. Wait, I have to watch the kid? Like, Right, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, so now they've bonded. So he, he's not he's not worried that he doesn't have a job. But the nosy neighbor has seen some of Otis and, uh, and Alvy's wackiness mm -hmm. when they were trying to kill each other. So she's, she's already called his wife. And so his wife is on her way home. Um, and Loki climbs into Alvy's room, uh, and, uh, while Alvy is sleeping, um, they, uh, and they used like a real sleeping baby in the scene, which sounds kind of weird, but I did read <laughs> in like an entertainment weekly article about this film that, uh, they had like 60 people on set and like, they, like the parents brought in the sleeping baby and they were like, we had to be so quiet and Alan Cummings couldn't like say his lines very loud because like everyone was performing so that the baby wouldn't wake up <laughs> <laughs> um, and they could get those shots. Uh, so Loki uh, summons Odin uh, using some paint and some fun summoning things on the wall. And he's like, give me my powers back. I found the baby. I can get you the mask. And Odin's like, Fine, 
you can have your powers back for like an hour, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so conditional. So Loki kidnaps Alvi and he's like, he tells Kennedy, give me the mask and I'll give you the baby. It's that simple. Mm. And uh, as he's leaving, like the neighbor's like, hey, what's going on? And so he like turns her head into a giant nose. Um, <laughs> so uh, yes. And the wife comes home and she's like, you're completely nuts talking about Norse gods and kidnapping. I'm calling the police. And then the giant nose neighbor wanders into their house. Um, and so of course she believes him now. So, uh, they're like, we have to find the mask. And she's like, well, where's Otis? And he's like, I know where he'll be. And so they find Otis still wearing the mask, trying to get it on with the neighborhood dog. Um, and Kennedy convinces him that Alvy isn't all that bad. And they're going to grow up to be like brothers, Otis and Alvy. So he's like, we got to help Alvy. And he's going to be like your little brother. So you, you have to love him. And Otis is like, okay. <laughs> Right. Dogs with reasoning skills, all right. <laughs> right. So he's like, he's like, okay, I'll take off the mask, and so he does, and and I was like, man, that was kind of this was where I wanted to turn off uh, Paul yeah. because like that was kind of rude. Like, there's no way Otis is going to live that long. No, yeah, I was just <laughs> going to point that out. It's at most three, four more years. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, I, w- I would have probably turned this off um, at the Halloween part if I knew what was to come. But <laughs> I, I kind of feel bad. Like, I did feel bad that they then. It's sort of like when I was watching uh, Madagascar the first time and I was like, oh, these penguins could have had like an entire story mm-hmm. around them. And then they did that. Um, like, with this movie, I think they made the dog like as intelligent as some of the characters in it already. Like with it, like they gave similar like motivations, like wanting to belong or whatever. It's just like, I, I, I don't know if like this is supposed to fit in the mask universe. Like it, it, there was a dog <laughs> in the other one, but they given him reasoning skills, reasoning skills better than the main characters pretty much. So what's this accomplishing other than me wanting to have like a movie just set around the dog? (laughs) And and he's a good goalie to boot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah. So when uh, Otis gives up the mask, they go to meet Loki. But uh, meanwhile, like during this, like Loki um, says, so you've got the same powers as me, huh, kid? And so they sort of have like a standoff where like, you know, he just eyes the kid and his eyes narrow like a Western. And so then the kid like puts on just swirls around and he's got a hat and chaps on and guns in his belt. And and then he's like, you know, we're pretty evenly matched in powers. So let's end this with a game of Super Twister. And he pulls out this box and it's like normal Twister, except it has crazy body parts like your left ear. Things like that. Um, And so they kind of bond playing Super Twister. So when Kennedy and his wife show up, uh, Loki's like, give me the mask. And then he's like, I'm keeping Alvy. 
And uh, Kennedy's like, no. So he puts on the mask. And so now we get more cartoon wacky. Um, and uh, <clears throat> big budget, like like Loki takes off in his car. And so Kennedy grabs his wife and throws her in their car and transforms it into like this crazy hot rod vehicle, uh-huh. which I've, I've – it looked pretty practical to me. Like they built this insane hot rod vehicle, but, uh, <laughs> and of course Loki does like some crazy switch in his car that says lose them or something. And so then like a cartoon, the road just kind of unravels as he drives really fast and they go up and down it and follow him because cartoon physics. Um, so since they have the same powers, uh, when they finally ca- catch up to him, Loki's like, all right, let's put Alvy in the center and let him decide. And so they do that. And then Loki turns his head into like a weird looking baby mobile, which is just like crazy <laughs> to me. Like it was kind of horrifying, I thought. And then at the same time, I was like, what? Like you can do all these things. Why would you try to attract him with like a baby mobile mobile or whatever? Because he. <laughs> yeah. He can do lots of crazy things. Like, yeah, why not just be the dad? I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, like and what? LV was not at all entertained by the mobiles earlier in the movie. So that's right. like the worst thing you could turn into. It seems like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he wanted to watch the TV. So, um, so but anyway, he starts heading towards Loki, and then Kennedy, of course, takes off the mask to reveal that he's the dad, and so he wins, and Loki is not really happy with that he's quite angry and so he just basically starts chasing the family and tries to kill them but uh the time runs out so he loses his powers again and uh odin appears in person this time and he disowns loki and he's like i'm gonna banish you you're like the worst you're a screw up. <laughs> yeah. And, you're an accident. <laughs> yeah. And Jamie Kennedy, who is now the world's best dad, steps mm. in and he's like, you know, family is the most important thing in the world. And this is your son and you can't treat him like this. Like he loves you and you love him and da, 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 da. And so, of course, they bond again. And Jamie Kennedy gives Odin a mask and then. Uh, they go off into some portal or something. <laughs> and then we cut to Kennedy's new cartoon where a baby and a dog are competing for dad's attention. And the cartoon is apparently a mocap cartoon <laughs> with Kumar being the dad and Otis and Alvi being uh, the little mocap creatures. <laughs> Complete with the little ping pong balls all over <laughs> And uh, and then from there, we do a clever cut from the cartoon action to the Kennedy's family home where they're all on the couch watching the premiere of the cartoon. And then Trailer Howard, the wife, says, I hope you really enjoy this because I'm pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> because we got to leave wah. a spot for a sequel. Freeze frame high five. Yeah. <laughs> Freeze exactly. Frame high- <laughs> Head. Between the dog and the baby. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
So, uh, yeah, we, I think uh, we got Paul's take on it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, so what, what was the difference in the themes in here than the other movie? So the other movie is about the everyman who's kind of like struggling with his, you know, career and, you know, maybe like relationships and whatnot. Um, discovers like a way to better, like a new high that doesn't work out. In the end, he decides just being himself is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same thing happened here. I mean, like the whole, like I, you know, like the connection with your family is the most important thing. Yeah. Okay. I guess this guy's married. He He's not. Yeah. Yeah. He's not like single, but like, like what, what's the best case scenario they were hoping for with this movie that in like nine years or 11 years or whatever, everyone's kind of forgotten the mask and they just need to retell this story. And it's not like, it was, it's not like it's like exclusive to the 21st century now. Sure. You know, it's like, if you're kind of retelling a story, maybe like after decades, you might be like, Oh, well no one's heard, you know? Yeah. Spider-Man's origin. Yeah. We're, so let's uh, do that. We can't come up with anything original. So yes. let's so go let's just, back to the mask and turn mm-hmm. it into a franchise. <laughs> you know the cartoons that were made that pretty much nobody liked? Yep. Let's uh, do that. <laughs> let's do that with $84 million <laughs> like as a movie with a comedian who can in no way step in um, Jim Carrey's shoes. Yeah, yeah. And with, you know... Like a step down, essentially, of a uh, a PG thirteen movie. I don't know. I, I I honestly, it's like the intent of this movie is good in that I, yeah, like the story is nice or whatever. But it, there's no way to look at it as like a standalone film for me. I think sure, yeah. Like this, I can't be like okay, I'll ignore the first. I just I can't ignore it. Like yeah. I, I can't ignore the first one. The first yeah. one was so funny. Um. All I see is just like sort of nods, it kind of hints back to the other film. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like it's kind of like a magic trick. You do it twice, and it's just it's gone. Like you know, you have you have sequels happening all the time, um, and everyone says like the second movie is always like the worst or something. Like I don't think that's true. I mean, like you look at something like The Lion King two. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one was about the you know um, like Hamlet or probably some other stories in there and then it's they're like okay well people have seen that let's retell a different story let's tell like romeo and juliet like here i i'm kind of getting too much of the same thing and on top of that it's actually even cluttered more with like all these characters like you have the loki story you have the dog story like yep. this um the yep. you know baby and then like uh like the wife minus, story yeah the wife story like what just can you kind of focus it in on just a couple at least to help yeah. us out here? Yeah. So, yeah, it just you know, I, I, how much did you say it made, Chris? Like at the box office, it was uh, fifty-seven million, including wow. the international. Right. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, it's what's interesting is uh, so uh, in ninety, I don't know the year honestly, but uh, I believe it was. 
uh, on my research, I found that the Nintendo Power magazine had a scoop that there was going to be a The Mask 2 and Carrie was signed up for it. And so that magazine ran a contest and said, you know, if you win this contest, you get to be like, uh, you know, a character in the movie or like, you know, just someone in the background or whatever. You get to be in the movie. And then Carrie pulled out and they – that project never happened. So the magazine had to issue an apology. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I thought that was kind of funny. Um, And then what your take, like what you're saying, like, so what was the purpose of this film? It was really interesting because when I can find reviews of this film, they are, of course, filled with vitriol. Uh, Like (laughs) Roger Ebert, like gave this movie like a 1.5 or something like that. And he was like, it's just an excuse to do effects, something to that matter. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so I'm finding all these things and I'm like, I really want to hear like the story behind the movie. And as I kind of searched more, I found an archive, uh, of entertainment weekly. And there was this huge, like they talk about the actors and the production team and the plot, and all this stuff, but it was basically one of these sort of like we're probably owned by the production company. <laughs> mm. So it was very positive. Like I'm not – I mean like right. I said, it was an interesting thing just because I had read so much negative about it. But like it was uh, – it just felt like one of those like – self-serving like entertainment tonight thing where you know entertainment tonight is owned by like so many distribution companies they're not going to tell you that this movie isn't good (laughs) um it just felt really self-serving this article but it was interesting because the director was like um he was like uh you know where carrie isn't coming back but honestly like i just i saw some stuff like that Kennedy had done. And I was like, this is our guy. This is who we need. And I was like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) they're like, he can do like all this big comedy. And I was like, but like, kind of like I said to you guys, I don't feel like he's the star of this film. It's like the, there's so many characters like we talked about. It's such a mess. That's true. Yeah. Even, even, uh, from a per, you know, from the point of view of somebody who didn't know Kennedy, I didn't even, actually get yeah like i didn't even get to actually see his comedy in here like his style i don't know like there was like ways he said some of the one-liners that you know were like you know kind of all right but uh, other than that he's just being a frustrated dad so yeah i feel like it i feel like um really it failed it failed just in the writing and conception of the whole movie because son of Son of the Mask could be uh, a decent like if you just start with the title, you could come up with a with a fairly decent movie based on the universe of the mask that could turn into something interesting. And I and I think um, this movie just went completely the wrong way because it was trying to tell too many stories and all of those stories were tropes. Right. Dad, the the. He doesn't want to be – he's married, but he doesn't really want to be a dad. He's kind of afraid of a commitment. He's trying to do the – you know, he's trying to 
handle his career first or whatever. Like that's a that's certainly a uh a, a trope movie um plot. And then you've got uh you know the uh the wife who does want to have a baby also is a professional and is the professional of the relationship really very trope type of character um you've got uh, uh oftentimes it would be a sibling in this case it's the dog being jealous of another sibling showing up um and you've got you know the uh the stranger who's looking for something important uh, right. in Loki. Uh and they're just trying to smash all of these things together instead of having one cohesive story about one character who is um both, you know, absorbed by and sort of trying to fight against the mask itself, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you could have that plus Loki um or you could have the um you could have the storyline about just the baby. Like you could just try to get to the baby as fast as possible and then turn the baby into the character that you're sort of rooting for the hero. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't actually know who was rooting for. I mean, like they kind of, you would think the Loki is the villain. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then he kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't feel like there was quite a bit of a uh, suspense actually too, in the first one. Because, sure. Yeah. You know, like when there was like the dramatic art, like who did, who went to the bank or whatever to rob like like that part you know that all that was all was all adding to the humor too but in this world it's like everybody's so crazy and wacky <laughs> like it, yeah yeah it does feel like uh like you said that robert or uh, the uh roger ebert review said it's just a it's just an excuse to do effects it almost feels like it, it's not even an excuse to do effects it, it's an excuse to do a bunch of homages to cartoons yes Exactly. Like yeah. we're all we're a bunch of CG animators and we're animators because of these cartoons and we're just and the gonna... animations aren't bad, right? Like I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the fine. dog bit was like, it, like they're all like fine. interesting by themselves, but it doesn't add to the whole. Like, yeah, it sort of isn't. I don't know cohesive, I guess. Yeah. So, like, I think, um, like you guys have pointed out, there's just so many plots going on. The one thing, like, I think that I was stuck on is that it, you, as you mentioned it again, oh, yeah, the title is Son of the Mask, and maybe that's why I keep saying, like, I feel like it should be about the baby. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what's, what's funny is that's the only plot that's never really resolved because, like, <laughs> Odin and Loki are are friendly now. Yeah. Like, Dad is happy at his job, and she's happy with him, and the dog is now happy with the family. But, like, once the baby gets done playing Super Twister, we never get to see him use his powers again. So what the hell is going on with the baby? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, right. Like, uh, resolve that plot. Like, have Odin put his hands on him or something. Because yeah, I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, what's going to happen? Like, when that kid turns, like, five. Like, what's – I'm <laughs> that, that part is not resolved for me. Please make Son of the Mask too. Yes, yes. And why why does he only do anything odd when Jamie Kennedy is around? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh. Like that I mean that is I that certainly that's a reference to Michigan J Frog, right? But still just the weirdest 
Oh, running. It's one thing for it to be a running gag for a little while, but at some yeah. point, give it up and let other characters see that something is something crazy is going on with this baby. But then I guess you can't really show that either because then the baby certainly is going to get taken away, right? Then it's going to turn into E.T. and the, you know, all of the, uh, uh, yeah. the government's going to show up and put a glass case around the house. Yeah, it, it kind of, the premise is kind of doomed in a sense. Maybe, yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Maybe it should, it could have, that's the problem. Like, if you make a story about, I was going to say a non-human, a baby's a human. <laughs> like, a baby is not... Human-alien hybrid, it's just I think about the dog, actually. For. Yeah, you're right. That would be a completely different genre. If it's just about <laughs> the baby, um, it's hard to kind of, like, elaborate the baby's, like, motivations <laughs> and whatnot and, like, fully round out the character by the end because, it's again, it's just it's the baby. Um, yeah, I think, like, the the best possible scenario for this sequel would have been a story just about you know kennedy or like tim Mm -hmm. Um, i think that probably would have had you know the most or just you know any yeah like there isn't any i don't know i think it's just doomed to fail man (laughs) it's it's hard it's hard to have the same kind of impact as, yeah. as this one i think yeah I even, think... even like when i was young it's like well, how old was i when i, I must have been how old was i in 2005 i was just a kid but like i was like 12 years old maybe i remember seeing the advert and i said i'm not going to see this movie because <laughs> i've seen it already and it's like if that's what i'm coming up with as a like a tween yeah then it, yeah that just kind of goes to show yeah, what yeah. They've created anyway. So it sounds like the general consensus is it's just amazing. Bad. It's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten. IMDb. Yeah, it's so bad. It's bad for sure. I, that's where I'm sitting. Yeah, bad. Um, I'm trying to think of a better movie from 2005 to to recommend. Um, there's a lot of good ones actually, but yeah, that's the year of uh, the third episode of star wars the first um, batman like the christopher nolan yep yep mm-hmm. uh broke back mountain i never saw that but i mean that was a big hit obviously uh <laughs> the, i mean madagascar actually i mentioned that earlier <laughs> the past, but that was that's a you know that i would recommend that go watch madagascar and you'll see some similarities here in like characters that you like feel like they have more potential as having just a story by themselves, the penguins sure. namely. Yeah. But even that movie, I think it has a good problem. Like it actually, everyone in that movie, like every character in that movie is so likable that you, you know, you kind of forgive that. Uh, that was also a really nice just cartoon, I would say, because I hadn't seen anything about just animals in a while and when i always thought of lions i thought of lion king as you can guess i kind of like that movie um, <laughs> madagascar was just it was just like it it, it it was just raw and it was it was really funny and it had it, it, it you could definitely tell like there was some adult jokes here and there but it knew its audience well and i think this movie didn't know its audience well and it was trying to balance out um, kid humor with like adult humor and it just fell flat. Sure. Well yeah. Yeah. 
What about you, Paul? you have any recommendations? Uh, well, if you want to watch a bad movie that has a Loki in it, you should watch <laughs> the first Thor. Uh, oh, yeah. Because that is not a good movie. Um, <laughs> so wait, is that so good? It's so bad it's good? Or uh, it's just bad yeah. it's bad? You know what? I I mean, I I can knock it, but I do own it, and I do occasionally watch it. I don't oh. know if that makes it so bad it's good. Um, but I actually do enjoy watching it, but it's not good. Mm. <laughs> right. I don't right. know. I don't know where that puts it. it. It doesn't feel like it's so bad that it's good, but it also does not feel like it's a good movie or that I should be enjoying it. It's almost well, like, uh, the kind of thing I shouldn't be telling people that I watch basically. Well, it's, it's, there's like a new category because we consume media as a society so much yeah, now that yeah. there's like a new category, like, oh my gosh, like, have you seen The Last King of Scotland? That is a great film. And then there's like, oh man, Son of the Mask is like the worst movie ever. And in the middle is the stuff that you put on, like, while you have other things to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time, uh, so my, uh, my wife and I, we watched we watched Thor and she couldn't stand it. Uh, and then we watched the second Thor, oh, wow. which she thought was much better, still not great. Um, but every time we see the sequences that have the Rainbow Bridge, she's like, "Ah, why? Yeah. Stop!" She just can't stand those the the whole like all of the special effects that they use to generate. Um, uh, what is it? Valhalla. Right. She just doesn't, he's not into that. Uh, if I was going to say a movie that was actually in 2005, um, that was the year of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Don't watch oh, that one. Yeah. Um, great book. Great book. I, I don't it's know that book. it's the that movie was, um, I guess compared to the book, it wasn't as good obviously, but yeah, I, it was still like, yeah, it was different for sure. <laughs> Darker. Yeah, yeah. It was all right. I think that's the first one where they had to switch the actor for Dumbledore, or is that the second one where they had to uh, switch the actor? I think they the did that like from the third one and on, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I actually have no idea. I know he was on he was in the second movie for sure. But that's also the year of V for Vendetta, which I think is a pretty decent movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. I uh Oh yeah. I'm going to break with theme. Um, Everyone's recommending things from 2005. I'm going to recommend a Halloween movie because Halloween's coming up, of course. Oh, there you go. By the time we post this, it'll be well after. But uh, (laughs) You don't know. I could post it tomorrow. (laughs) There's no continuity to this stuff. Uh, (laughs) Nightmare uh, before Christmas. Yeah. I was going to recommend, I actually recommended, uh, or I asked Armin if he would want to watch this movie. Um, and his, uh, his answer was quite uh, certain, but, uh, it's a 1988 film, which my memory serves me. It's so bad. It's good, but I really kind of want to watch it again to make sure that it is, but it's called killer clowns from outer space. (laughs) So that's an Oscar worthy (laughs) title by itself. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and when I mentioned it to Armin, he was like, no clowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh... <laughs> that's hilarious. Actually, that's no clowns. Enough, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they're the makeup is terrifying. If you don't like clowns, do not watch this film. But it is very tongue in cheek and sort of a comedy, as it were. Even though. Like there's blood and dying because it's a Halloween type film, but uh, so is that what you recommend as the? Uh... Yeah, I'm recommending Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Like mm-hmm. the only way to kill them is to shoot them in their big red noses. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's who would have thought. I know. Yeah, and when that happens, I remember like lots of uh, confetti. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. So good. yeah. Good for a movie that uh, some of us couldn't even finish, we are, we are still going long. Good for us. Um, thanks to Mom for listening. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks again for Armin taking the time to uh, hang out with us and do this uh, during the semester now. Thanks for finishing the movie for me, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of... Uh... I recommended this film, so <laughs> the blame can be put here. But, Use um, hashtag blame Armin. Um, if, you, I mean, if you were watching it on uh, VLC, you could have probably sped up yeah. <laughs> the, like, the playback time. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that, that would have just made it probably about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> watch uh, watch but, it at 1.5x. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Is there a version of Smart Speed that makes the acting better? Uh, well. <laughs> wah, Only wah. for watching Waterworld, but anyway. <laughs> All right, so next week, uh, next Thursday night, we're back with Montreal Sauce. I don't have a guest. Imagine that. Uh, we'll work on that, or I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and November 12th, uh, we're back with Film Frown. Uh, we have a TV film, which, oh, man, I don't know. Good luck, Paul. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., made for TV film from the 90s and starring as Nick Fury is the Hoth. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and possibly... We I'm will- pretty sure I'm going to get through this one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, when I watched it, I just was in awe and I was like, other people have to watch this so I'm not crazy. Um, <laughs> I really like the part where he got into Kit the Car. Oh, I started watching Knight Rider. Sorry. Oops. So, uh, so Steve might be back uh, with us. He's been on a couple shows. Uh, he's might be back with us next week. I got to get a, or November 12th, I should say. I got to get a hold of him. And Armin might be back as well for that one. I think he's a maybe or a yes for that one. Oh, right. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we will see you on November 12th or next week if you're a Montreal's House listener. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, good night. Bye. Bye. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Thank you for coming out to the drive-in tonight. As you leave, please drive carefully and come back soon. Please replace the speaker on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.
<laughs> Mom says sounds like the movie was sounds like the Great. podcast is much better than the movie. <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> we didn't put as much money into it, but <laughs> I think the next, writing is better. Next week on Montreal Sauce, Jamie Kennedy comes on to defend. <laughs> <laughs>